0: I remember um i had to call on a cup friend of mine you always have to have a cup friend yeah if definitely. you are you know a, that kind of a journalist mm. and i said look i am not comfortable anymore because i don't know if these people you know gunned down this guy because of the story mm. because he spoke because at the time we hid his face and yes. changed his voice I but remember, yeah. i think in hindsight i think if you knew him, you would know that he's the one who spoke out. Mm.
1: Hello, I'm Nyakallo Tefu, a journalist and host of this Pi Slovakia Dance Original podcast series. When people learn what I do, I get questions about my profession, about the news stories and cycle, and general questions about the direction of the industry. I wanted to find a way to explore these concepts and at the same time take all the people who ask about what I do along with me into the newsrooms, the editorial meetings, the producers catch-ups and the chats I have every day with my colleagues and friends. I spend most of my time tackling the themes of the podcast with those in the same line of work who I know and respect. I am looking forward to growing with you as we learn more about the people and the stories behind the stories.
0: I did a story on um, the, the fight over taxi routes in Alexander Township. Um, you know, the fight between mm. ATA and another taxi association, I can't think of it now. Uh, I think Santaco. Santaco, yes. And they were fighting over that lucrative uh, route that's going from uh, Alex to Mall of Africa. Mm. Remember, oh, yes, Mall yes, of yes, Africa exactly. was like recently built, mm. and obviously that's like a route to die for. Yes. Literally. Midrand and surrounding areas in Gauteng have been besieged with taxi route shootings claiming lives of both passengers and taxi operators. One of the latest incidents is taxi violence of the new Mall of Africa route which provincial government has strongly condemned.
1: It came as sad news for investigative journalist Busisiwe Wekumede when she received the report that a taxi boss, a source on her story of the contestation of the Mall of Africa taxi route, was shot dead. The taxi boss belonged to the Alexandra, Randberg, Midrand and Santon Taxi Association and was killed while dropping off a relative at a nearby crutch in a marked association vehicle. His murder came shortly after the massacre of 11 people in KwaZulu-Natal, linked to the Ivory Park Taxi Association. A police insider said they suspected that the recent killings were revenge attacks due to conflicts of the lucrative Mall of Africa route. Ten taxi operators and innocent commuters were killed during these exchanges. This was sourced from Sowetan Live. In this episode, we talk to Busisiwe Wekumede, an award-winning TV and radio journalist, about her experience of navigating through the industry as a young journalist and what it has been like for her covering difficult and important stories. Stories like the Mall of Africa taxi violence that took place in 2016.
0: And I, I, I sat down with a man uh, who was a taxi boss, I believe for Atab. Apologies if if I'm wrong there. And I spoke to him literally a week before he was assassinated. And he was talking about how, listen, you know, this is what we're dealing with as taxi bosses. The government doesn't understand. The transport department is not um, interested in what's happening. Like, literally, we're dying on a daily basis, and we we need assistance, Mm. you know. um, And a week after, the guy was... Gunned down as he was on his way to to f- i think drop off his knees mm-hmm. at cool. at the preschool when that happened, obviously it was after the checkpoint story aired and it was looking at obviously taxi violence mm. um, a day in the life of a taxi boss, you know, yeah just a normal story really, and then after things got real because you know I was in close proximity to that person mm. you know and he was literally we were literally talking all the time mm. right so obviously that weighed heavily on me Obuti, you know was it the story mm. that sparked you know a hit on him that was one number two his sister reached out to me uh after his 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 death and obviously it's 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 a perspective on how families are left to mourn yes. this person who was the breadwinner you know um, so I, I i then asked the cop friend to like just literally escort me when i'm going to work mm-hmm. coming back going to work coming back you know because i was not
1: comfortable <laughs> To be effective in their duties, journalists need to ensure their own physical and emotional health. Newsmen and women need to develop strategies to manage the demands of the industry. To quote the Executive Director of Columbia Journalism School's Dart Center for Journalism and Trauma, If we really believe in the importance of our work in journalism and our responsibility to the communities we cover, we need a responsible self-care plan, said Bruce Shapiro. I wanted to find out Boosie's thoughts on expressing emotion as a journalist about difficult stories. But before that, I asked her about the psychological toll the story had on her and how she dealt with it.
0: I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I'm, You know, when something traumatic happens to me, I generally don't react. Mm. Uh, and that's, lo- I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, it's something that I've tried to breakdown with my psychologist and and all of that but um, when something like that happens and and we can go back to that point where I heard about him the first thing that came to me was that we have to avenge his death by getting to the bottom of the story Mm. so I didn't really cry I didn't really feel bad or guilty or whatever at that point for me the best way of moving forward or honoring him was to tell that story Mm. again that the person who we interviewed um you know a short while ago was shot dead Mm. you know until my 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 boss and and my my mentor uh was like no like i need to arrange counseling for you Mm. i need you to stop Mm. And I need you to take a break and 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 be okay. You know, I remember she asked me, um, "Are you okay?" Because I was going on like, "Oh yeah, I think this is what this is what we need to do next. I'll do a story that." And she just asked me, "Are you okay?" And I, I found it really strange getting that question because mm. I didn't know how I was feeling.
1: When I first met Busisiwe, I was confronted by a high-tempo, straight-shooting, unwavering, and intense individual who left me curious. And terrified at the same time. She was always chasing a difficult story, going into places and putting herself in positions many wouldn't dare. Brave is the word Audi used to describe her. <laughs> and, uh,
0: <laughs> Look, I was hectic. Eh? Yeah, you were Back then, hectic. I was hectic, like overly confident. Yes. Um, I did not take yep. BS Definitely. from anybody. see, <laughs> you know, you've been in the industry for long or whatever. Like, honestly, it was me. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm here for, you know, and I kind of miss that. I think we're going to get into it a bit later on. But I think as you grow in the industry and you do different stories and you meet different people, you you end up, you come out. Through of the
1: years and through her many experiences in her own words, she matured in journalism and began forming into the more measured but still convicted journalist she is today. The best of the best in our industry are hard-working, highly motivated and goal-oriented persons, strong-willed, overachieving, brilliant individuals who play well on their own and in teams when teams are necessary to achieve the target. The description can be applied to the best of the best across all industries in our economy. Journalists like Boosie many times choose journalism so early on that I believe that they may not have chosen journalism at all. But rather that journalism chose them.
0: I loved seeing Unakolo uh deliver the news. You know, uh, and and watching news at home was such an occasion. Like my dad and my mom are well versed in in current affairs in their own way. Mm. You know, the six o'clock, seven o'clock, or even eight o'clock news were quite important. Mm. And and my dad is is um, militant. how he does things so we would wake up 4am in the morning go with him to gym right so uh, back in the day I'm not too sure if it still happens if you have a membership uh, you're able to bring along your kids for free I think Mm so we would wake up in the morning at like 4am go to gym with him Um, by 6 o'clock everything's done like breakfast we are in school uniform we go to uh, school when we come back uh, from school, I have to have, help my mom cook, mm-hmm. and by six o'clock, like sure. you know, it's like a rule, you get yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm, I'm not supposed to be out, uh, you know, after the sun has set, like it's yeah. it's always been that thing, and we sit down around. Uh, You know, the TV set, and we watched this woman deliver the news with confidence, with Mm. poise, and it seemed as if, you know, she had a relationship with us. You know, she loved us, and that's what she reminded us of at the end uh, of each 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 (laughs) broadcast, (laughs) right? (music) And I told my brother, and I was like, you know, I think I want to do this. You know, and my and my brother is no optimist. Like he was like, Ugh, you can never do this, babe. (laughs) You know, firstly, you've got scars on your face. Like I was, I was like tomboy, so you know, I've got scars like on my legs, on my face. Yeah. And he was like, firstly, you've got scars on your face. Secondly, you know, we just go to a a township school. You need to, you need to know English. You know. Mm -hmm. Um, But one thing about me is that when you tell me I can't do something. I'm going to do it. So uh, that was my first um you know interaction with journalism. Mm-hmm. Um but I, it's always been my my plan A. You know, I've never had something else to uh, you know full on like mm-hmm. a plan B. It's mm-hmm. it, it it was just uh, something that was put inside of me I think from a young age I knew that this is the what I needed to do Mm. you know so I think everything else I kind of worked towards that bigger goal you know of speaking to people um, at the end of the day and telling them in my own voice what South Africa today is all about you know Um, and I think that it carries so much of power um, to change the world and that's obviously me again being uh, a softy and and seeing the world in my my own eyes i think yeah. um uh, just seeing that symbol like oh, a black woman you know anchoring mm. speaking in her own language you know um and having a relationship with her broad um listeners and her audience yeah that for me was power and i wanted to do that mm-hmm. yeah
1: A new problem social media has raised is that there is too much news. The audience cannot always figure out the veracity of the news they see on social media. Which news organizations should they trust? People will continue trusting the big news agencies they have always trusted. But what about the next generation? They will have never trusted any news organizations and could be lost among the fake news. The 2014 Irish Social Journalism Survey published the statistics that 64% of Irish journalists said that information on social media cannot be trusted. The above is an excerpt written by Oscar Mitchell, published in Irish Tech News. The piece went on to say that the way to consume news in the world is changing. Before, the question asked by news consumers was, who is the journalist? Now the question asked is, who is the publisher? When Busi first became a journalist, social media's influence on the industry was a matter of academic discussion. Today, we are all impacted by it, for better or worse. I asked Busi about her thoughts on the relationship between the two.
0: So it has changed the landscape of journalism um, significantly because we are no longer the people who deliver the news. It's actually just normal South Africans or normal people with a smartphone. Mm. Um, and the audience no longer relies on journalists like myself and, and, and you to get the news or to even verify it. It's, it's on social media, it's on Twitter more mm. specifically. Mm. So when uh, Twitter took off in South Africa, I mean, we felt it. Yes. And, and a clear example of it was during the Oscar Pistorius uh, trial and you had a journalist like Karen Morn. Um, and I believe Mandy Weiner, mm. who, you know, kind of formulated, not formulated, but uh, they took on to Twitter to report on what was happening inside the court. Yes. And remember, at that point, I think the media was kind of not really barred, but it wasn't allowed to be inside or something like that. Mm. Um, so a lot of people had to go onto to their profiles to find out what's going on inside. So that then changed You know how we do things because generally, remember, a newspaper is not drafted in the morning; it's done the night Night before. before. Yes, right. So, I mean, whatever is said on court day one can only be published on court day two. Yeah, and and therefore the audience would have to wait for that. You know, twenty four hours to Mm. get an update. But imagine now we're getting like second by second. Yes. Reportage. And it's all live and that just changed the game completely.
1: Busisiwe is a bright light in the night sky. As a colleague, she has taught me the value of aiming for excellence, being assertive, being clear with others and being clear with myself about what it is I want. As a friend, she has become a counsellor and confidant who I have turned to on occasion. Regardless of how bleak or challenging a story gets, if it matters... Whatever the motivation, pursue it with integrity to its end. The journalist's responsibility is to their audience, their employer, but most importantly, to themselves. Thank you, Busi, for sharing your experience and wisdom with us on this podcast. You are appreciated. The conversation around social media and journalism has been a recurring theme this season. I want to dig a bit deeper into it in the next episode. Let me know what you think about the influence of social media on the news. You can find us on social media. On Instagram, it's at offtherecordpodcast. And you can hit me up on Twitter at underscore nyakaloti. And let's talk. This is a Slovakia Dance original podcast series. Research and writing Nyakalotefu and Ratile Musweu. Produced and brought to you by Slovakia Dance. Bye.